Hello and welcome to Regularly Scheduled Hostility. I'm your host, Eric Turner. This is... Today's date is October 24th. Uh, we got a lot to get into here. I uh, didn't do an uh, episode last week. Just really busy. and Really other than, you know, the whole Tyson Fury thing. Uh, you know, there really wasn't a whole lot too much to talk about other than the whole Eric Bischoff thing which I'll get to here in a minute but we're gonna like I said we're gonna get to uh, Eric Bischoff we're gonna talk about Nikki Cross getting number one contender uh, for one of the women's titles and we'll get into AEW and NXT from last night and all that good stuff here uh, we're gonna talk briefly um, probably towards the end a little bit about football NFL football that is um, so let's jump right into it. Uh, last week on NXT, we had the NXT debut of Damian Priest against the Pete Dunne. This was a really damn good match here. Uh, Damian Priest ended up winning uh, via pinfall with the Reckless, uh, or the Reckoning. I guess that's his uh, finishing move. Um... And so, it was definitely an impressive first win. You know, Pete Dunne was the longtime NXT UK champion. And now, you know, Dunne has moved to Florida. So it looks like probably Pete Dunne is pretty much mostly going to be on NXT, the regular NXT. May make the occasional appearance on NXT UK but it looks like for the most part Pete Dunne is pretty much going to be on the main NXT uh, roster but Damon Priest um, probably know him as Punishment Martinez from ROH but this guy you know he has the look he's good in the ring he can improve a little bit in the ring but he's pretty decent uh, in the ring um, you know, I think he's like, I think he's about 6'6", six, six, I think. Um, sort of has a build, sort of like Baron Corbin, as far as just the way his body looks. Like, he's not super jacked. He's not, you know, like, a, he's not like Drew McIntyre or, you know, anybody like that. No. But he's got the long hair, and he has a unique look. He looks, he's not your typical, uh, you know, pasty white guy. Um. Uh, coming in there I'm not sure what uh, nationality is I think he's probably some sort of uh, Latino especially considering you know he went by Martinez in NXT or not NXT but ROH so I think he's some some sort of Latino there um, so there's that but pretty good uh, pretty good uh debut for Damian Priest. Another thing I want to get into from last week before I move on to Eric Bischoff is the Tyson Fury and Braun Strowman. They signed the contract for their crown jewel match and apparently there are a lot of rumors going around that Tyson Fury like for this basically one match um, at crown jewel there are rumors that he's getting like 12 to possibly even as high as like 15 million dollars to do basically this one match. Um, now I don't know if 
he's just going to do, to do the one-off thing, like just have one match and then leave, or if he's going to, uh, you know, be sort of like a Ronda Rousey was in her first run, um, not sure, but $12 million is a lot. Uh, Brock Lesnar, I think, is only getting like $5 million a year. So the fact that they would be given like Tyson Fury like twelve million, that's pretty fucking crazy and it's kinda hard to believe. I think that probably is exaggerated a little bit. Maybe ten, maybe. Um, that would seem more realistic. But uh we'll see what kind of match they have. Um I would imagine Braun Strowman is gonna win. Um, but you know, who knows? I mean, um, Floyd Mayweather beat, you know, Big Show at WrestleMania or whatever it was. So who knows? Uh, moving along, probably the big news from last week, which I didn't get into because we didn't have an episode, was Eric Bischoff got fired from his uh, SmackDown uh, position. Um, Basically, I think it was about three or four months into it. Um, uh, basically, it sort of seemed like they sort of set him up partially as sort of like a scapegoat. Um, you know, with the whole, you know, SmackDown debuted on Fox and did really well. It did like almost four million. But then over the last, over the last two weeks, on Fox, the ratings have dropped to basically like about a million, like a million four. I think last SmackDown, I think was about 2.5 million or so, 2.4. So I think basically they're just using Eric Bischoff as a scapegoat. So like, hey, we're making changes here. You know, Fox probably isn't too happy about the. Uh, about the uh, big time drop. I know from week one to week two, they dropped like 25%. The ratings did. Um, so basically, they're basically using him as a pawn to uh, basically show that they're making changes to the uh, SmackDown team to show Fox that, hey, we're making changes. So, you know, this the ratings are going to bounce back here shortly. Um, but another thing, I did listen to that 83 Weeks where Eric Bischoff addressed um, his departure from WWE um, basically saying that he he didn't quite end up in the same role that he thought uh, that he was going to be. He thought that he was he was coming into the role under the impression that he wasn't going to be leading like the creative team um, and things like that. That basically he would just be like a, sort of like a booker, um, sort of just be behind the scenes, you know, making sure you know that everybody is where they're supposed to be and all this uh, sort of stuff. And really wasn't supposed to really be having a whole lot of say into like every single match or who's going to win every single match and stuff like that and so that was sort of the role that 
he en- that he ended up in. Um, you know, and said that, you know, as far as his role, he didn't live up to the ex- expectations that even he himself put up for himself in the role. Um, and then also, he mentioned that, um, that he didn't expect this gig to be a long-term gig. Like, he didn't, he literally said he didn't expect this to be a five or ten year gig. He expected it to maybe be two or three years. You know, that was what he was hoping, was maybe two or three years. Um, and then move on. Uh, you know, he said that he didn't expect it to, uh, he didn't expect it to be that short but it was what it was um and then he also addressed i guess there was some online stuff that because um like bruce i guess is replacing eric bischoff on smackdown so i guess there were some rumors about maybe you know that basically but there was some like friendship like strife between the two um but Bischoff put those claims to bed said no he's he was one of my best friends before and he still is and he always will be one of my best friends so saying that anything to the contrary other than that is just bullshit so you know Bischoff came off well it only he only really addressed it for about two or three minutes like towards the end of the episode um that came out on Monday, so addressed it, moved on, you know, basically he did pretty well for himself there in that, addressing that, uh, so that's really all about it as far as Eric Bischoff, um, you know, he says he has other ventures, that he was working on other projects before, um, he said one, that was a major project, and he said now he's going to go back and dedicate full time to those projects, so... I know he had like a production company that had a lot of shows that like ended up making it on the TV, so I guess probably something to do with that, maybe. Moving along here, Nikki Cross. Um I guess it was on SmackDown. Um basically they had like a six way women's match for the number one contendership for Bailey SmackDown Championship. Uh, Nikki Cross ended up winning. So that's good for her. I've a, been a big fan of Nikki Cross ever since she was in NXT. I loved, loved, loved her crazy, like her crazy, like psycho gimmick in NXT. Um, like whenever she was in uh, whatever the hell the thing that that group was, Sanity. Um, you know, and I'm starting to wonder if maybe they're going to do, um, like basically moving away from the Nikki Cross Alexa Bliss tag team like Nikki Cross getting this number one contender um, shot and maybe Alexa Bliss maybe getting a little bit jealous like you know like how dare she um, you know I'm the one who basically put her on a pedestal and without her Nikki Cross would never be a champion in WWE so how how dare her, um, you know, basically like throw away their tag team for this for this single opportunity at a singles title, sort of like that. I think is probably where this is going to go. I'm pretty sure. 
somewhere along the line here pretty soon Alexa Bliss is going to sort of play that card um, I'm a big fan of both Nikki Cross and Bailey so to me it really I think would benefit Nikki Cross more but I think at least this first match between the two for the title I think Bailey will retain because Bailey won it like what like a week and a half ago so I don't think they're going to take her take it off of her this early so good for Nikki Cross definitely should be a pretty decent match uh, moving along to Raw um, started off Raw started off with uh, Ric Flair addressing the crowd um, naming the last member of Team Flair for the uh, match in uh, Saudi Arabia against Team Hogan and it was Drew McIntyre so McIntyre is back after a little I think injury it was so good to see Drew back Drew ended up having a match against Ricochet and winning so McIntyre's back it seems to be uh, his old dominant self so definitely a plus for team if you're a fan of team player to have McIntyre on the um, on the rock on the team you know I'm wondering whenever McIntyre when McIntyre is going to get that uh, heavyweight title shot and everybody has been everybody including myself has been thinking that he should be getting here for a while now like I said I'm pretty sure by the end of the year he'll at least have one shot at the title whether it be against Seth or Brock um, he may not win it by the end of the year but he'll at least have one maybe even two shots at the title Moving along here, Aleister Black beat uh, some jobber named Jason Reynolds. I think he's from NXT. Not much there. Uh, Rusev was on uh, King's Court with Jerry Lawler. Basically addressed the whole Lana thing, hooking up with uh, Bobby Lashley. Um, he addresses why he still wears his wedding ring. He says because he knows that... that Eventually, Lana will come back to her, and he'll get Lana back. Uh, basically, blames Lashley for poisoning her mind. I guess sort of like a cultish sort of thing. Kind of, sort of. Um, and then you see on the Titantron, Lana and Lashley uh, join the conversation in there from a restaurant. Lashley basically says that uh, Rusev didn't uh, fulfill all of Lana's needs such as like traveling around the world and all this other stuff and I guess insinuating maybe didn't fulfill all of her, all of her needs you know sexually either um, and Rusev gets pissed off and sort of the the segment sort of just comes to an end. It's kind of weird that the ending where it just sort of just came to an end. You know, I mean, Lana and Rusev weren't in the building. They weren't out there, so it wasn't like Rusev could really chase after him and beat Lashley down. But anyway, um, 
And then moving along, there was a six-man tag match. It was the Street Profits, which I think this was their Raw debut. Street Profits and a mystery partner. Uh, they ended up winning that match uh, against the OC. And that really does it for Raw. Um, moving along, just a couple things about New Japan. Uh, Lance Archer um, is your new New Japan U.S. champion. Uh, Moxley was unable to defend the title within the like within the time period because I guess New Japan you have to defend the title within a certain time period and if you don't the title gets vacated which is what happened here so it was Lance Archer against Juice Robinson for the US Championship and Lance Archer won so good for him um, and also New Japan um, announced sort of like their American branch of New Japan like their American division of New Japan it's going to be called New Japan of America um, I think it's going to be somewhere in California um, but basically like I said this is basically going to be New Japan America like their American branch so probably they'll be getting probably signing some more American guys maybe um, and probably doing some more American shows this is sort of, I guess, sort of like the ribbon-cutting announcement for this New Japan of America. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, it'll be interesting to see um, where this goes from there. Moving along to AEW from last night, the Lucha Brothers defeated Private Party in a semifinal uh, tag team title match. So they move on to the finals. Um, a lot of high flying action moves not really a really lull moment in a match as you would expect between these two tag teams um, private party still definitely has a lot of momentum going into going into it here but the lucha brothers won uh the second semi-final match was scu versus the dark order There was some interference from Inner Circle. Um, um, but uh, SCU ended up winning the match against Dark Order. So it's going to be Lucha Brothers and um, SCU for the, uh, to crown the first ever AEW Tag Team Championship match. So should be interesting two really good tag teams I would imagine probably SCU probably will win this match uh, next match is Omega versus Joey Janela this was a pretty good match here he had a lot of reversals in this match of like Omega trying to go for the V-Trigger and trying to go for uh, One Winged Angel but it always seemed like Janela would always uh, counter it there's one moment where Omega does attempt the V-Trigger, but Janela reverses it into a German suplex. That was a pretty damn cool move there. Um, but Omega ended up uh, hitting the one-winged angel finally to put away Janela. 
this sort of put over Janela as like a real threat on the AEW roster. Um, so overall, a pretty decent match. Uh, there was a Cody promo, um, basically talking about uh, his match against uh, Chris Jericho at full gear for the AEW Heavyweight Championship. Jericho interrupted and called Cody a millennial bitch, which I think technically Cody might be a millennial. I don't know. I think I think if you're born after like 85 or 86, I think you're technically a millennial or something, I think. But, um, but then they, uh, Dustin came out in an MGF. Um, Cody and Dustin go up to like the press box where Jericho and MJF and stuff are and they sort of just get into a fight fight like scrambles out of the press box thing where they're at there's like glass um, and Cody like busts through the glass to get into the little press box thing so kind of cool you know basically did its purpose of hyping up the uh, Cody Jericho match. Uh, and the last match, the main event, was Moxley and Pack, which is like the uh, match that we were supposed to get at uh, the one pay per view, but Moxley had the MRSA. Uh, it ended up going to a no contest uh, because the time it was a time limit draw, so it went to a no contest, which sort of sucked, but. You know, basically, this means that we're going to be getting another match between the two. So, that should be... Should be uh, cool. Um, overall, I would say the best match was Omega and Janela. I think it did the most. Um, so, moving along to NXT... The first match was Rhea Ripley versus Bianca Belair. Uh, Ripley, Rhea Ripley ended up winning that match. And a pretty good match. Um, I think this is sort of setting up maybe Rhea Ripley and maybe against either Rhea Ripley and either Io Shirai. Um, fighting for the number one contendership for Shayna Baszler's title. Or maybe Rhea Ripley versus Shayna Baszler. I know, you know, Rhea Ripley sort of confronted Shayna Baszler like like last week, saying that she deserves a title and everything like that, so definitely a good way to put Ripley over in her regular NXT roster debut. Uh, next match was uh, at Grimes versus Matt Riddle. Um... Riddle, of course, won as expected. Um, pretty decent match, though. But nothing really to write home about. Um, next match was a six-man tag match. It was Brazongo and Isaiah Swerve Scott. Uh, defeated the Forgotten Sons. Um, I gotta tell you, since... Uh, since uh, Tyler Breeze and uh, Fandango came back to NXT, they have really done pretty good as a tag team here. 
I'm pretty sure by now most people see that that uh, Berzongo are uh, Tyler Breeze and um, Fandango as singles or as a tag team are basically just meant to sort of just be in NXT. They're not really meant to be main roster material, or at least not at this point. So, them going back to NXT has been a positive for them in their career. Uh, this Isaiah Swerve Scott, which I remember from MOW as Shane Strickland, um, he's a real up-and-comer. I mean, he's not tall, he's not particularly muscular, he's not particularly swole, but he has a future, I think, probably as just a mid-carder if he makes it to the main roster. Um, he has a ton of talent, but whether that talent will be realized uh, here in WWE, but who knows. Uh, next match, we had a tag team match for the number one contendership um, for the WWE Women's Tag Team titles. It was a Dakota Kai and Tegan Knox versus a Jessamine Duke and uh, whatever her name, Shafir, whatever her first name is. Um, Dakota Kai and Tegan Knox won, which was a little bit of a surprise, but whenever you consider that the women's tag team champions are um, Kyrie Sane and Asuka, who are sort of heels now, I guess, sort of quasi-heels. Sometimes it seems like they're heels, sometimes it's not. They seem like they're not heels. So basically, you know, be baby faces versus heels instead of the heel tag team versus the heel tag team. So in that way, it sort of makes sense. I'd be interesting, interesting to see them against um, Kyrie Sane and uh, Asuka, which after this match, uh, Kabuki Warriors came out and addressed them, saying they have no chance against them. Um, which I think is probably pretty true, at least at this point. Um, I'm pretty sure the Kabuki Warriors are going to win. Um, not sure when this match is going to take place, but uh, be an interesting match, to say the least. Uh, Roger Strong, this is the main event. Roger Strong defeated Donovan Dijakovic and Keith Lee in the three-way triple threat match for the NXT North American Championship. Really good match here. Um, they really set up this match pretty well from last week um, going, in, going into this week. Um, after the match, Undisputed Era came out to celebrate with Roderick Strong. Um, but then Tommaso Ciampa interrupted, basically looking like he was sort of going to confront Adam Cole again because it seems like they're building towards Adam Cole, Tommaso Ciampa, NXT championship match, which should be fucking amazing. I hope. Please let this happen. Um, but also Finn Balor came out um, also. And Johnny Gargano came out as well, so it was sort of like the 
heel undisputed era versus this these three guys um and instead of them going head to head and sort of you know scrapping as uh, NXT goes off the air Finn Balor actually attacks Johnny Gargano which was a surprise um it looks like maybe Finn Balor maybe is turning heel here which is certainly surprising um I think pretty much his entire time in NXT and on the main roster, he's been a face. I don't remember him really being a heel. Um, even his, even his demon uh, character, even that's like a baby face, or at least baby face tendency tendencies. So a little bit of a sort of like what the hell moment. Like why is he attacking Dragon Gargano? Um, so. That wraps it up for NXT there. Um, if I were to um, say who had the better uh, who had the better night, I would give the slight advantage to NXT. I like the Ripley Belair match. I like that. I like Brizongo and uh, Swerve Scott there. The number one contender match for the women's tag team title match was pretty all right. The strong versus Dijakovic versus Lee match was probably a match of the night between the two shows. Um, I think probably most people would agree with that. So, and then the sort of what the hell moment at the end with Balor attacking uh, Gargano. Overall, like I said, I give the slight advantage to NXT. Um, I think as far as AEW, I think you're sort of starting to see where some of the problems are going to start to show with them mainly focusing on maybe about four or six different people and then there's a big gap between those four or six main people and then the rest of the people on the roster I think you're going to get to see sort of see the uh, shine shine come off of AEW a little bit over the next couple months but uh you know, I mentioned earlier, I wanted to talk about a little bit about uh, the NFL just for a minute or two here, nothing major. Um, you know, I made my sort of predictions of like who I would think would be um, like my sleeper, my sleeper picks to do really well this season. Um, for the AFC, I picked the Texans. The Texans are second in their division so far. Um, I think they're four and two or four and three, so they're definitely still in the playoff hunt. They're not doing quite as good as I expected, um, but they're still not doing too bad. They at least have a winning record. And then the team that I picked for the NFC were the 49ers, and so far I've been right on the money for that. They're what six and zero so far this year. They're the only undefeated team in the NFC. Jimmy Garoppolo is finally playing up to that uh, big contract that he got. Um, so, definitely uh, we'll see you know, how the rest of the season plays out. I know the 49ers are playing my team next week, which is the Carolina Panthers, so I hope the Panthers are able to pull it off because that'll be five straight wins for the Panthers. Um, after starting 0-2, so that'd be good for them. 
Uh, Aaron Rodgers went off on Oakland this past weekend. He had six touchdowns, which ties the NFL record for most touchdowns in a game. He had five passing and one rushing, so good for him. Um, it seemed like the, seems like the Packers are back to their old selves <clears throat> again this year. Um, they're leading the division. The Bears aren't doing as good um, as a lot of people expected. But we'll see how they do the rest of the year. Um, I think that's probably about it. Uh, for this episode, I want to give shout-outs to podcasts that I listen to every week, and you guys should be too. Shout-out to Don Tony, Kevin Castle. Uh, show that you're live Mondays right after Raw on Mixler, 11 p.m. Shout-out to Wrestling Soup. They go live on Mixler Thursday nights at about 9.30 Shout out to WNC Super Party. They go live on Mixler Thursday nights right after Wrestling Soup. Shout out to Suplex City Limits. Their new episodes go up Saturday afternoons. Shout out to Salt Monster Sounds Off. His new episodes go up uh, Sunday afternoons. Shout out to uh, Transcontinental Project. They go live Tuesday nights on Mixler. 9.15 Eastern, 9, 9.15 Central, 10.15 Eastern. Um, shout out to Dirt Sheet Dudes. They go live on Mixler Wednesdays about 9.30. Shout out to The Trademark Show with Tyler. His new episodes go up, I think, like Friday or Saturday. And shout out to Inhuman Experience with Bobby Blaze and Bobby Anthem. They just put up a new episode like last week. So definitely check that out. Um, and shout out to Wrestling Overdose with uh, Shaheen. Uh, you can find his new episodes on the Wrestling Soup Network. So shout out to all those guys. Definitely check them all out. Um, and that does it for this episode of Regularly Schedule Hostility. I appreciate you guys listening. Um, you know, I dropped this a day early because I didn't do one last week. So, just wanted to get this out there. And, uh, you know, wanted to get uh, to the NXT AEW reviews while they're still fresh in my mind from last night. So, until next week, appreciate you guys listening. Uh, and until uh, next week, take care, guys.